Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sugar and Silk, a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty. My name is Michael Silk Olajpe. How you doing? What's up? What's up, Silk? It seems kind of quiet in here since we downsized, you know, and it's just me and you <laughs> chewing the fat again. <laughs> we are uh, downsized and downgraded. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a little bit. It's uh, yeah. It's going to be a little bit quieter. Uh, we'll we'll obviously our voices will be heard a little bit more, and we have one discerning opinion that unfortunately won't be able to hear anymore. But you know, say la vie, such is life. We must carry on. Indeed, we forge ahead regardless. Um, I wanted to talk to you this show about the rematch between Joe Joyce and Jelay Zhang at London's O2 Arena this coming Saturday. The reason being, normally we might preview that fight on the Friday show, but I don't think we're going to do it for show on Friday. And if you do the show, you'll be doing it on your own with an illustrious guest, perhaps. So I figured we could talk about it now. Now, you know what, Silk? Sometimes, most of the time, and I know a man like you who's a boxing professor and a guru of the sweet science, most of the time you will be very technical about your reasons for a prediction on any fight, and you will really go into it deeply, and you will lose a lot of people with, with, with your knowledge and analysis on the way. But do you sometimes get gut feelings? Because I have a gut feeling this time that Joyce will avenge a loss, even though technically really? Zhang should be able to beat him again. Yeah, I, I I believe that Zhang is going to beat him again and possibly even worse. See, they, this is the thing, So This is the scenario. Sometimes when you have a rematch, particularly when you look at the nature of the first loss where he, he, he bust him up and stopped mm -hmm. him in, in six rounds, you know, closed his face. He never discouraged Joyce, so he never broke his spirit. And he, no. he Joyce never stopped trying to win. There's no quitting Joe Joyce. Yeah. No, but he, no. did, he kind of did a number on him, Zhang. He came into his backyard and did a number on him. Now, when you see something like that, they either beat them even worse the second time. And I do remember reading the Maxim in Boxing News when they said, they were talking about Mancini Bramble, right, way back in the day. And ahead of the rematch, they said, any guy that is stopped badly in the first fight seldom wins the rematch. But sometimes we have seen examples where they do. And my gut feeling is Joyce, 
I watched it again before we came on air. Um, mm -hmm. I think Joyce is a, a fight he can win. We've seen big turnarounds in rematches lately, right? You had, you know, when um, when Gary was 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 riding high on the success of his prediction for Eubank versus Smith. <laughs> when that that did that looked like, you know, we've only got Smith Liam Smith's word for it. That was him and not his twin brother. You know, like a a lost Smith twin that we never even knew about who can't box for Toffee. It's so mm -hmm. different was he. Now, Zhang, I don't know. I don't know his temperament, and I don't really know. Um, I've seen him fight a couple of times. I don't know what his team and setup is like. Really, I don't know how his camp. Well, we do know, bro. We do know Ben. We do know his his pedigree, and we know his pedigree is deep in the amateurs, and he doesn't deviate from what he does. So he's not. No. He's not going to be worse. He may not. He may not even be better. He will be more confident. He will have looked at the video and say, I could have done this. I could have done that. I should have done this then. Blah, blah, blah. That will make him better. Now, on, on the other half, um, will, I don't know, it looks pretty scary for him. Is he going to be able to put together those types of attributes that quickly in order to make a difference against? Well, you North? talk about adjustments, right, Silk? You talk about adjustments because if we look, and we, as the show goes on, perhaps we'll look at some iconic rematches and the ones that were reinforced, the original result, and the ones that were overturned and avenged. When you look at making adjustments to, to, to try and do better than you did last time, yeah. I think we've got to be realistic, like you just acknowledged, the adjustments that Joe Joyce with his limit, relatively limited skill set and the age he is about 37, he actually can make in that kind of time frame. To me, I watched it again, as I say, I think Joyce needs to stay close to him. He needs to take that range away and he needs to fight at a pace that Zhang is not comfortable with. Um, Zhang not being a spring chicken at 39, pushing 40 either. And I think he needs to fight inside. I think he needs to forget about that pouring. You know, when they play the pouring with the lead hands game with a southpaw, I think yeah. he needs to stop giving him time. He's not to stop giving him distance. Joyce needs to tighten his defence a bit. Let, I don't expect him to, to to get the head movement of Nicolino Lodge or Wilfred Benitez in the interim. So I think he needs to keep his hands up like the stone wall, not a, a bit tighter than last time. And I think well, he needs when, to when try to suffocate him. All they do, really, when they do that, Ben, all they do is they just blind themselves. And it's a false sense of security. And every single fighter that does it, with the exception of maybe Winky Wright, but it also Thank hurts you. the offense. You know I what I mean? I was just coming at you with Winky Wright there. Yeah. Oh, bang. <laughs> with the exception of Winky. Now, Winky made it work. But, again, it still hurt him against certain opponents as well because guys that are busy, he can't get his hands away from his head. You know what I mean? He, he won't take that chance. Uh, Interesting. Who, who else did that? While, while we're talking about that, who else employed that stone wall style at elite level other than Winky Wright? You've got me um, thinking now. Um, I, I know, like, sort of like Buster Drayton sort of did it. He, he kept his hands exceedingly high. A, a lot of guys keep. Hmm. I, I saw it, Arthur Abrams do it, but but whether hmm. how much of an elite fighter you would describe Arthur Abrams as it is open to a little bit of debate and conjecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he, he would use it too. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think exactly. use it, and and it's all it's also because like people think keeping your hands up is your defense. It's not your defense at all. It has absolutely nothing to do with your defense. If anything, it could may help you with your offense because you know the 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 shortest line between a you know a and b is a straight line. So if your hands up here and you reach out, it's just a shorter period, a distance to get to your opponent. I could see that defense. It doesn't it doesn't help. 
So a... what about what about when 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 you were on the ropes, right? Or you or yeah. you were under fire, whether whether willingly on the ropes and trying to draw the fire, or you were under pressure. Mm. You, didn't you do this sometimes? Or you cover up like there's that? There's certain scenarios you do. Certain scenarios you do. You make a guy. You meet. You stop a guy and make him think because he has to punch around your hands or punch in between them. And that split second of decision allows. But the one thing you want to do when you're uh, when you're fighting defense, the best thing to do is for your opponent not to be able to touch you at all. Forget about hitting your if he's hitting your arms and he's hitting your hands and he's calculating. And and if he's an intelligent fighter, he's calculating and he's going to end up finding a way around that guard. He'll find a way through because it's just impossible to not. So your fresh air is always more preferable, yeah. Fresh yeah, I think so. It's always better. Like people, when I teach them boxing, or even when I'm teaching them for fitness, I'm like, know where your hands are. If you know where your hands are, then you can practice defense and offense. You you got half the game down. Half the problems when you know where your hands are are going to be like eradicated, <laughs> just because you you know when your hands are here or here or wherever they are, you know you have to use them. You have to see your opponent's hands. So not only you know where your hands are, but know where your opponent's hands are. And then at that point, then you could start. He can only hit you with those two things, the left or the right, right? So if yeah. you know where his hands are, right away, knowing that your head is, you know, you're never dead center. You're always offline. Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things. It's just you don't even have to work anymore. A lot of a lot of fighters' defense, like when we see him slip punch, we say, oh, he did this, he did that, da, da, da. It's by accident. It's just because he yeah. happens to be moving his head. Patterns, not, habits, patterns. Exactly. Right. And, and you have to be able to put down a positive, like a good pattern, a good pattern in the head movement, and you'll make a guy miss yeah. at least 75% of his punches. You know what? That's so, so, so true. A lot of time, and people, sometimes the more casual spectator might see this, they get to mate him. How did he see that coming? And it's like, say, he doesn't see it coming. He has good rhythm and good habits and, and he and it's a moving target. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You get some extraordinary fighters who do seem to have that reaction thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, Donald Curry sure. uh, was one of them who springs to mind. He, he, wouldn't, he almost wouldn't move like a statue, wouldn't give anything away until he had to move. Yeah. But most fighters, they establish a pattern where they're moving their head. Now, mm-hmm. what you just reminded me, by the way, when you said about he can only throw the left or the right, it reminds me of a there was a wonderful old character called Nobby Nobbs who ran a stable of journeymen out of Birmingham, the Midlands in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And he had this really simple maxim for his fighters defensively. He said, block the left, slip the right. What else can they throw? <laughs> that, was his, that was his logic. But getting back to, to, to Joyce then, as I said to you, I feel he has to uh, fight at a high pace. Uh, I realise all these things are easier said than done, but he has to fight at a high pace. And I think he has to fight on the inside as much as possible at close range. And he has to kind of harrow and harass Zhang out of his comfort zone. The advantage Joyce has, he is very strong. He has a relentless engine. And, and obviously, he needs not to get bust up like he did last time so he can't see out of his, you know, yeah, out of his right side. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be impossible unless he's practicing, unless he's learned some sort of defense. But, and, Michael, uh, if, his, if his eye hadn't a shut, would he have lost last time when he did? I don't suppose he would have done. So the fight would have gone a little further, right? And then, and then, but it's supposition to think that Zhang is going to tire out. You know what I mean? Sometimes maybe he was in better shape. And he, he's he doesn't get tired as long as he's hitting the other guy. Guys get tired when you when you start hitting them. That's when they get tired. Maybe he wasn't going to get tired at all. I, I just think something about Joyce is like his 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 punch selection 
and his punch his combinations are very very primitive very very basic um, i don't know about his amateur pedigree you know it better than i if he had he was olympic shot. silver medalist michael and they said he was robbed in the final against tony yoko wow that's Imagine. crazy yes yeah. <laughs> you didn't expect that right but i had i have i have i had that absolutely shocks me Really? They're both silver medalists. That's the interesting angle. They're both silver medalists. I can see you're looking at that question on the screen, which I think is from Simon at Ace Podcast Nation. He says, who had the best head mover of all time, in, in, in your or my opinion? Do you, do you want to answer that while we keep our, our thoughts in mind about George Zheng? I mean, contradictorily, right? Um, I mean, it would have to be Benitez that I could think of, or, or Pernell yeah. Whitaker. Well, Pernell Whitaker. Whitaker. Whitaker, maybe Benitez there. Yeah. I mean, Loche, I mean, what'd you, what'd you send on Nicolino Loche, who looked like a barrel chested barroom brawler? Yeah. Thought so sweet and, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, nonchalant and, yeah, and yeah. Rocky. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, um, he was amazing. His head movement really was sweet. And, and, and he was able to throw counters off it. And, and I don't know a great deal about him. Um, uh, I believe he had like an exceptional number of draws, uh, you know, in his fights and probably because he wasn't a hard enough puncher to like create that respect, that significant difference between his opponents and himself. Um, yeah. You don't, when you don't punch hard, people kind of like they can mess around with decisions and you don't have the law in your, in your pocket. You don't keep them in your hands. You know what I mean? So I think, but Nicolino, he had, incredible vision and he had incredible ability he wasn't a puncher i'm sure he took a great shot i don't know if he was stopped ever at all but um but he uh he knew his way around the ring he was very intelligent he saw and and again he he kind of like he had so many fights so when someone punched he knew what was going to come like people are so predictable they throw the left they throw the right right after it. So a, a guy who's yeah. adept defensively, he knows you go like this, and then you go under, and you know what? Nine, nine times out of ten, you're going to miss. Yeah, well, I'd just like to say, by the way, we're getting some really good intelligent contributions on YouTube live right now. There's, I can't yeah. read them all, but this little home says Benitez was for upper body movement. Uh, Pinnell had a lot to do with his legs. Uh, yes. Loch had incredible movements as Wandro. He actually smoked in between rounds. But the reason I mention this is I'm glad that we're getting this engagement on YouTube and people who seem like they understand boxing quite well and yeah. they're connoisseurs, which is kind of cool, don't you think? I think it's absolutely cool. But I do have to take um, one of the guests to task who said that uh, Whitaker was more legs. Yes, Whitaker had amazing legs. And he was able to drop down into a full squat and make you miss down there. But make no mistake, the head was not where it last was. And that's the reason why the opponent missed. And um, also, the thing with Pinnell is he was pretty aggressive, really, for a counter-punch of Southpaw, yes, who's, who's noted for his amazing defence. Pinnell yeah. liked to go to you, right? You look at a prime yeah. Um, yeah. Muhammad Ali. He comes out dancing and he makes you come and find him most of the time, right? Most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. But Pinnell would take the show to you and engage. Yeah. A, he wanted to come and get yeah. you. He just well, happens to have amazing... Um, you know, um, upper body movement, and his hands were great too, right? You know, if you like, yeah. if you like defense with your hands, and block. The, the thing is, Pernell was good at that. Yeah, uh, I, what I really liked about Pernell is, yes, his head movement was amazing. He wasn't a big puncher, not to the head, but he was no. an amazing puncher to the body. He when yep. he punched to the body, it's different because he pitched it, I guess, in an uppercut or a hook like fashion, 
and and he learned to one of the most important things to be a good puncher if you're not a natural hard puncher naturally a hard puncher is learning how to engage the muscles at the right time you have yes. to be able to lock your body up it's an intricate system coming from your core so in learning how to transfer your weight you need to learn to lock your body up so you get your body weight behind your punch and it's not just an arm punch which happens like people will throw you know they'll throw their hooks like this and that's an arm punch you see my shoulder moving it's loose there when you lock that shoulder up and as you know when you lock that shoulder up and bring it with your body you're putting whatever your upper body weighs you're putting that weight behind it and it's weight plus speed that's what equals power and that's where you get the knockouts from and I think you uh, you make a great point there about body punching. If you're not a great puncher, become a spiteful body puncher because the yeah. body, good body punch, a good body attack will make a puncher out of anybody. And oh, then yeah. you can get KOs that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I did a little bit of amateur boxing, as you know, and um, I was never a puncher. I never, never really even wanted to be because I was so mm-hmm. kind of seduced by the whole Ali and Sugar Ray kind mm-hmm. of thing, even though Sugar Ray was a puncher, but I didn't really focus on that but the thing is you can floor guys and stop guys with body shots and you learn to really like that left hook to the liver and you start feeling a a little bit like like you're a stronger puncher because you see you have that effect on people even though you're not taking guys out like tommy but as a puncher right the one thing you have to do i mean you have to be willing to give it up because you're also you leave yourself susceptible in order to knock somebody out you need to plant generally you need to plant and, yeah. and, and make yourself like a solid target as, as, as yourself. Um, you could easily be counterpunched as well. So there, there's, there's you know, six of this, half a dozen of the other. It's it's not an easy uh, thing to give up. But so I don't know how important you feel the body attack may, might be for Joe Joyce, you know, uh, on Saturday night. But I definitely think he needs to get closer and to set an insane pace and stop pouring with the lead hand. Just use your jab. The southpaw nullifies your jab to a great extent anyway. You know that, but you still have to throw it. You still have to use it, regardless of what's coming behind it. And I think Joe Joyce needs to just be be busy, throw a lot of punches, go forward, and try and take the range away from Zeng and hope that he's not quite the same guy as he was. You know, as I say, we've seen a few times Joshua Ruiz, two totally different fight. Smith versus Eubank, two completely different fight. Sometimes it gets reinforced, but it's not it's not unheard of for a guy to, to turn things he around. Does he have the same trainer? He, the, he has the same trainer? Jim I Jones. believe he has the same trainer, Ismail Salas. I don't believe he sacked the trainer just because he lost the fight, no. Yeah. You see, that's that's always interesting. I know you want to, you know, dance with the person who brought you to the dance kind of thing, you know, brought you to the party. I understand that. Totally makes sense. But if if his trainer from the first fight is the same trainer into the second fight and they hadn't incorporated anything new. They're just going to try to get him in better shape or you can't build a man's resiliency. You can't help him not take, uh, not swell clothes and break noses and all the rest of that kind of stuff and not cut. You can't do that. So hopefully they've been able to add a few, um, put a few more tricks up his sleeve and, and, and even, even more than tricks. I think he, what he needs to do is like, he needs to totally have his like, abilities refurbished uh, his punches are slow and predictable after the left comes the right after the right comes the left hook you can't do yeah. that with boxing. and you can't do that with someone like zang i mean zang was counter punching him as, as early as confidently as early as the first round first round in he was catching yeah him. Uh, oh yeah absolutely and that was the thing the writing was on the wall right from the word go in the first round and he was nailing him with 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 straight left hands and lead right hooks, you know, yeah. it wasn't his jab wasn't a huge factor. Zhang, um, yeah. you know, um, we've got Wandru says Zhang is is uh, too savvy and too quick. 
I yeah. love Joyce, but I think Zhang does it again. And he said he would love to see Fury versus Zhang. Um, one well, thing well, is that... How tall is Zhang? Zhang's a pretty big boy, isn't he? Yeah, he is big. And you know what, Michael? Some of the some people said Joyce came in uncharacteristically light for the fight. And some people cited that that was his mistake and was a miscalculation. I suspect you've got very short shrift with that because you, you think size and weight is overrated anyway. Yeah, I absolutely do. Size and weight is overrated. It's all about the skills. You're not a you're not in a bench press. You're not Greco-Roman wrestling. You're not, uh, you know, Muay Thai. You're not doing any of that stuff. It's about these two things right here. And if you can make those two things miss, then the world is your oyster. That's how, you know, in the day when we're talking about Harry Greb coming up from middleweight and beating heavyweights and coming back down to, you know, Henry Armstrong going from lightweight and jumping up to, like, welterweight. Featherweight. Which, featherweight to welterweight. Yeah, featherweight to welterweight even more. So so when we're talking about that is because they know, like, the only thing that that opponent can hurt them with is the fist. That's the only what thing about what about Sugar Ray Robinson stepping up to fight Joey Maxim and finding it a step too far? Maybe yeah. that was because he only came in at one five seven to fight a guy who was a solid hundred seventy five pounds. No, Perhaps if, so. if Ray Robinson, I tell, I, I tell you what, I bet you anything that Sugar Ray Robinson in training camp or in the gym would probably would probably. I mean, I can't say, but would probably knock out any of the middleweights and light heavyweights he fought as a welterweight. Like as a, when he was welterweight, listen, I, I know fighters that are as featherweights that get in the ring and spar with middleweights and they go at it. Like, like there's no holds barred. There's no, it's not like you're easing up the heavier fighters, easing up on their punches. Like, no, these guys go at it. It's all about styles that make fights when in this case styles do make fights. So it, um, when you get in the ring with somebody in your spot, I mean, I've sparred when I was a featherweight, I sparred with heavyweights. And they're swinging for real. When I was middleweight, I was sparring with, you know, I was sparring with heavyweights right here in Gleason's. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're swinging for real at you in cruiserweights and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So it's it's all about the knowledge. Uh, in, a, in a fight itself, I mean, we need to keep everything all, I guess, as even. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I don't even know how they ended up creating so many divisions in boxing. It almost feels like we can go back to the original, like, eight bantamweight, yeah, featherweight, uh, what, welterweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. Light heavyweight, and heavyweight. Yeah. Light heavyweight. Yeah, there was, like, eight, eight divisions back in the day. They said that mostly there was only one champion. It, it's not true that there was never any political kind of divisions uh, with sanctioning bodies um, mm-hmm. back in the day. But for the most part, they only had one more champion every weight most of the time. And I believe from people who were around in those eras, they said every single one of those eight guys was a household name known to the mainstream public. Before we move, keep going, Wandrew says, uh, is there any actual footage of Greb fighting? I have to say there isn't. Um, it's it's boxing's holy grail, Wandrew. And um, we did do another kind of thing on it before Sugar and Silk was uh, inaugurated, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the things the historians... Uh, a very high on Greb and a lot of the more kind of practical guys, particularly fighters and trainers in the modern era, 
they're a little bit more skeptical about a guy they didn't see. But um, I agree, um, and I have to say this because you have, you don't have. Well, I guess they've had they have um, quotes from some great fighters. But, yes, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, exactly. That that's that speak very very highly of them, and you have to respect that. But then, you know, there are a lot of fighters that tend to say things because it's politically correct and you don't know what's coming from there. Well, they didn't have political correctness in the 1920s. But you know what? You, you just reminded me, before we keep going, we, before we get back on, 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 on subject, you reminded me of something. The other day when we had Montel Griffin on uh, Friday yeah. night, and you, we were talking about his claim to be in the, the International Boxing Hall of Fame. And you said, what do you think Roy Jones would say? Would, would he think you belong there? And he said, I've already asked him. And he says, I do. And you said, and that is everything. I didn't want to say it at the time, but I've got to tell you, it's not everything. Because Roy Jones, Roy Jones two things, right? Well, two when things. I said everything, I didn't mean everything to him. Yeah, yeah of course. Everything like the reason why it's not everything is because Roy Jones doesn't necessarily know. Fighters horrendously lack perspective sometimes. However, they might have yeah. been Superman, but you asked for Floyd Mayweather for his top ten fighters of all time, and it looked like a fucking joke with yeah, him at the yeah. top of it, and, yeah. and 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 it'll just be the silliest list ever. Um, yeah. Not quite, but close. Um, and also, Roy Jones. If 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 I was talking to if Motel Griffin texted me and I had that relationship with him, I was Roy Jones. I would find it very difficult not to say, "Yeah, man, you're a Hall of Famer for me." Knowing that he probably never get inducted anyway, um, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but he, he possibly won't. And I would have to say that to him. I would find I would find it too difficult not to say that to him. But I, right. I didn't want to say that Friday night for obvious reasons. Well, Montel obviously is a very talented fighter, and we heard about his story and what he was been able to do in a relatively short period of time. With uh, you know, he didn't have all the things behind them that you see a lot of these superstar fighters had. Um, yet a lot of things held him, hold him back. You know what I mean? Whether it was the people around him not having the right connects, yeah, not people not looking out for him. Maybe he not looking out for himself as well as he could have. You know, yeah. in retrospect. But um, yeah, um, that that Hall of Fame, they're, they're pretty. It's it's crazy, kind of like how they decide to put fighters in because it's unlike anything else. Like you could say with a football player, okay, he gained. 25,000 yards and he's got this many touchdowns, da da da. It's nothing to do with his personality. This has nothing to do with liking a guy. Yeah. It has everything it's to do with your performance. It's all numbers, right? Yeah. And with yeah. fighters, they don't do that. It's very much a popularity contest. You know what I mean? If 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 a person if a person reminds you of a beautiful time when you were sitting there Saturday afternoon and watching TV and the fights are just everything, and he had a great fight and he wants to of course you're going to go that way and say, listen, I want to see this guy in the Hall of Fame. Well, they don't all do it that way. To be fair, some of the historians have got a lot more of a, of a, of a reliable value base than that. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't get guys like Sam Langford in there or, or even more obscure guys, you know, like Herbert Hardwick, you know. Um, but someone like Getty is in, one would think, for for popularity reasons. And some people say, listen, man, that's absolutely Thanks, right. Andrew. He should be there because he's iconic. But for me... It really is about who you beat, you know, who you fought, who you beat, and the context of when you fought them and when you beat them and who beat you in your prime. And also longevity. The thing with Montel is I don't think he has the longevity. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To justify that position because he lost the title. He lost the world title he won straight away. But we, we spoke about that on... Uh, yeah. We talked about that, and it, his strongest point is that he has two wins over James Tony, and uh, yeah, an exception to James Tony. And you know, obviously, you know, and then at the same time, you see that's the thing with boxing. You're like, well, maybe JT at that time he was a little bit on and off mentally, and if you were on mentally, he would have been able to. Like Duran, right? Duran, right? Against exactly. Or against but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got there are people who got wins against Duran that. Would not ever be in the Boxing Hall of Fame, you know. In the conversation, yeah. Well, Iran Barkley, who you know, who's also got a win over you, he's never mm-hmm. in the conversation for greatness. But he beat Tommy Hearns twice, and 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 yeah, and they gave him that one over me. He should never, should never stop that fight. <laughs> nah, <laughs> no, but but no, for real though. Um, yeah, that's 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 another bone of contention, right? Because uh, Iran Barkley has fought. Everybody he's had to fight and would and would fight anybody. And he, I mean, what are the parameters? I mean, he moved up to heavyweight. He beat a former heavyweight champion. Yeah, but come on, that was that was like some really sad affair. He beat Harry Kutsia, but God, <laughs> goddamn, that's but, but he that's came about up as meaningful as he came up from middleweight to do it. But he came up from middleweight to do it. Well, sure, but I mean, it, but he fought the most shotters. Ver- That's like Nelson and Fennick meeting in their nineties, like they did, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But what was I going to say? Um, one Drew has just asked. By the way, we've got to get back to Joe Joyce in a minute. But since we're talking about James Tony and Montel Griffin, he says he never actually saw either of the fights, and he asked for our opinion on who won because he believes they were controversial. I've got to say, I think Montel deserved the first fight, and I've got to admit that I didn't ever watch the second fight. I've only seen the first Tony Griffin fight. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but okay. Let's so with Joyce, you, you you're gonna say, you know what? Just because I'm making a case for Joyce, I say I've got a gut feeling. I'm not saying that's what I would bet money on. I don't bet very often. Mm-hmm. I look at the odds constantly. I always look at odds because I find it interesting, and I also find looking at Skybet app is a good way to see the fight calendar and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's as good as any. Um, so I talk about betting and odds a lot. I very seldom actually bet. Last time I had a bet, I believe. There was one other one since, but last time I won a bet was in Chisora to beat Paul Levitt six to one, which I thought was giving away money for yeah. Chisora on points. I uh-huh. did make another bet recently that I lost, so I can't even remember what it was. I don't remember losses. But yeah. um what but <laughs> I, I'm not saying for sure that I would that I'm picking George to win. I just have a fi- I have a sneak feeling that this time it will turn around. One thing that where, I am aware of let's 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 delve into that for a second. Where does that feeling come from? Like is just, it... you, you get them sometimes, right? You, I just think there'll be something completely look like the way that Smith Eubank thing played out and it was like mm. nothing like a similar fight. I've got a funny feeling that kind of thing will happen again. And that it'll Joyce's team obviously think he's gonna win. If he doesn't win, where does that leave him, Michael? If he doesn't win on Saturday night, where does that leave Joyce? I mean, it's the heavyweight division. It doesn't leave him shut out of the top 10, that's for sure, because it's kind of it, slim. It, it, it did Tony Price, didn't he, when he had an immediate rematch against Tony Thompson and knocked him out the first time. Not, Thompson knocked him out again. That was kind of the end of Price as a viable world-class contender, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but but I mean, it's it's see, it's it's also easy to climb back in if you get all of a sudden it's like you get a trainer that knows what he's doing. They'll turn you around and give you some new weapons, and that people will have to deal with. Again, I'm saying I, I I'm absolutely stunned when you tell me he had that kind of amateur career. How many fights did he have in the amateur? You know what? Not many, Michael. He was one of them late starters. It only okay. happens in the heavyweight division, doesn't it? Let's have oh, it right. Yeah. It, it only happens in the heavyweight division. They yeah. get a big athletic kid who's got the right yeah. attitude, who's got a little yeah. bit of something about him, and they mm -hmm. focus on him. Next, they fast-track him. He goes through the ABA championships with a mm -hmm. load of walkovers. Yeah. He yeah. beats a bowls over a couple of guys in the semi-final and the final. Yeah. He gets on the national team. He wins a couple of qualifiers. But yeah. no, he, he got all the way to the final in Rio 2016, and okay. he and he lost a very disputed decision to the point where, a bit like almost Roy Jones level dispute, where people yeah. have talked about awarding him the gold medal because it's only mm -hmm. right and proper. So George yeah. should be an Olympic champion, really, like George Ford yeah. and Joe Fraser and Muhammad Ali. That's crazy to you, yeah. right? To think. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it really tells you about... There's so many, one, distractions, and two, there are so many other things, like pulling away from the... From the uh, talented pool of potential boxers basketball football soccer i don't know there's a million and one other things or even just being a musician or a reader or a writer or, or anything they pull away from from um boxing because boxing is probably one of the least one of the low it's lonely one right and it's very uh what, what word am I looking for? The, the the fact that you lose and it's on you and there's nobody else you can blame and turn around. Plus, it makes you as a man look weak. When you've been defeated, automatically that stature as a man drops. It's very over. brutal because there's so much pressure and the losses are so much more negative. It, yes. it's said all, people say it all the time, but it's true. A, a football team, you know, on either yeah. side of the Atlantic and either sport, they yeah, lose. There's enough blame to go around. There's enough blame to go around. There is enough blame to go around, and it's not the end of the world. Some losses are more, uh, you know, damning than others, or more important than others, or higher stakes. But at the end of the day, you play, you live to play another day. With yeah. boxing, losses can ruin you. Losses can stop you becoming a millionaire. They can stop you getting generational wealth, and they can kill you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, a loss means you've taken a lot of punishment, or taken punishment basically. There's no way around it. If you lose, that means because you got punched in the face more times it's than the other guy. Or else you got robbed. Or else you got robbed. Or else you got robbed, yeah. Like no, but, <laughs> so, if you're going to... See, because I don't want to make a prediction, even though I'm making this case for George. I was going to ask you to make a prediction for next Saturday. But, um, um, but I don't... I, I'm, I, seeing, I'm, I'm seeing Zang coming out the window. I can't see it any different. I just can't because I, I just... This... Zing looks like D'Artagnan, and and the other kid Joyce to me looks like this kid with like the wooden wooden sword. You, you know what I mean? And it just from the fight that I saw, for it to, for there to be a turnaround, I would be you know like Scooby Doo, huh? I'm going to make a prediction. You know, I'm going to say it goes a distance this time. Yeah. Um, and okay. the Joyce is a disputed uh, points winner. Okay, and so then I'll go the other way. And this the first one ended in six, right? Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, I I I don't like calling rounds on fighters because I don't know it because it is hard. Groups of rounds, groups of rounds is much more sensible. I, I absolutely respect 
Joyce and his love for the sport and his heart. He has tremendous heart. Listen, how many guys do you know will take punches like that? And you're not even getting – you're not even get. he didn't show at any point like he was getting closer to Zhang. You know what I mean? He wasn't hit, He wasn't touching him up. He wasn't hurting him. He wasn't getting to him. The fight wasn't going to change. But he still was persistent. He took the punches. He, yeah, I, I don't even know how. How do you not even flinch? Like if you flinch, you'll make a guy miss a couple of times. He didn't even flinch. I don't. He's that. extraordinarily tough. He's just one of those guys. Genetically, he's he's hard as nails. You know, he's very yeah. very strong. And and that's the thing. You know, I mean, we all heard the song. I'd rather be a hammer than the nail. And yeah. that's, that's exactly what Zhang was. Zhang was the hammer. He was the nail. And the hammer always wins that fight. You know what, Silk? It wasn't completely one-sided. It wasn't like Joyce never had any success. Joyce had his had his he had his connections and his successes. I just watched it again. It wasn't. He was definitely getting beat. Don't get me wrong. He was getting beat from round one, but he had his little moments in the fight. It wasn't like he couldn't hit the guy at all. So, so you're saying he had a moment that he had Zhang in trouble, or no, not not ever in trouble. No, but he was, but he was he was landing shots at, at certain points. Yeah. But nothing significant, nothing that wobbled Zane. I wouldn't have said so, no. There, there was a couple of moments maybe when it was a decent looking shot from Joyce, but no, mostly it was just it was just work right and you know and, and volume. You know, the thickness of your cranium makes a huge difference in terms of being able to take a punch. And I think Zane and guys like you know, Barkley, for instance, they their their skulls are just thicker than, than most people's and, and it just takes so much more to hurt him. That guy was like a rock. I was like, man, this guy's yeah, he was massive. Some people just feel different like that, don't you? When you when, when you hit them, you you know yeah. when you think we're dealing yeah. with a completely different kind of bone density. It's, it's strange, yeah. you know, people seem more fragile. One Drew, who's been talking to us throughout the show. Said that uh, two things. He, well, he, he asked, "Is this fight an eliminator for a title?" It, I don't precisely know. All I, I certainly know that whoever whoever wins the fight will put themselves in a good position. Um, but to fight who? Which one to fight? I don't know because um, I can't. Sure. I can't remember. I believe Joe Joyce had a. Who was the sanctioning body that Joe Joyce tended to be favoured with? It, um, the route he was going down and had the highest ranking with. Yeah. I can't remember because, to be honest with you, I don't make it my business to be up on all this stuff because I've got a certain amount of contempt for the way things have gotten. Yes. So sometimes I struggle to keep track of it and almost I almost want to ignore it in the way that Boxing News have taken an editorial policy now not to mention certain titles and belts and all the rest of it. But I, they were talking They were talking about Joyce versus Usyk, right? And they did fight in the amateurs in the world boxing series back in the day yeah. so i would imagine it was for the one of the three belts you usic holds not yeah. the wbc title that fury fury holds you know but never mind by the way michael i want to say to you never mind that fury's got no intentions of, of, of fighting a boxer at any point between now and doomsday and he's fighting a debutant in his next fight what i want you to say, if it was your son is, is he not allowed to make some money <laughs> You get it? Which <laughs> fight you? You get what I'm doing? You see what I did there? I, I, see, I see what you did there. I was like, this is all coming back to me, the trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For anyone yeah. who didn't see the show last week, I was joking. That was a pastiche. I should probably I should probably shut up before I get myself in trouble and create some kind of situation. I was just going to say Hagler had an extraordinarily thick skull too, uh, Wander. That was exactly yeah. the, the one that sprang to mind, you know. But yeah. – um, Certainly, listen, if Joyce loses, it's a pretty bad um, indicator for his career going forward. At the age he is, with the limitations that, that he's already been seen to have, 
Mm-hmm. So I think it is. I'm not saying it's his last chance, but I, I think his back is against the wall here, Michael. Yeah. His team obviously fancy it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, your trainer has to ask a lot of you. That's the only way you can learn and grow in boxing. If your trainer asks little of you, you're going to, you, that's what, exactly what you're going to exhibit. Very few skills. And you're going to rely on your natural abilities. Some people are naturally hit hard. Some people naturally take a good punch. Some people have naturally good stamina. Some people burn out early. Whatever it is, there are these attributes in boxing that you have to sharpen. You have to um, you have to cultivate. And when you don't cultivate them, they'll always catch up to you in a fight. Because one thing... We're getting that clatter again, by the way. Weakness, like, like nothing finds the weakness like boxing does or, or, or fighting. Fighting your weakness will always be found and tested, no matter what. Nobody gets out, you know, unscathed. What's that clatter in the background? We're getting it again now, and there's only me and you here. Uh, I oh, know really? it's Yeah. There's something that sounds like something like or, or not quite that it's 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 fainter than that, but there's definitely some noise going on. Oh, is it this? Yeah, what is it? Oh, it's my knee. Sorry about that. Okay, let's 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 try and see. This is this is where these are the little adjustments one needs to make to be better. This is where the trainer, the mentor's going to push you. I, you're 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 a pretty good presenter with your own natural talent, but I want you to be the best presenter, except for me. You know, so let's let's keep the knee still. That's just something we need to focus on. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what? Let's talk about. So you, I, I'm. So, I, I don't. You can tell. I almost don't believe it. But I'm saying that Joyce has a chance of reversing um, the results and maybe winning even a dispute, disputed points decision on his home ground next Saturday. Let's look at rematches historically. Whenever there were, you know, some of the more iconic examples, Lewis Schmelin, I guess, is the most uh, iconic example of a turnaround in a fight where he got badly beaten up in the first fight, stopped in twelve rounds in 1936, I believe it was. And then when they met again on June 22nd, 1938, um, it's one of the most legendary first-round KOs in the annals of the sport. Mm -hmm. It took him out in two minutes and four seconds. Um, So the difference with that was that Lewis had had time to mature. He'd had time to correct his mistakes, and he had a whole bunch of fights in between. He knocked Mm -hmm. out good men like Jack Sharkey in between. He, He beat James J. Braddock for the title. You know, it's funny because, Michael, back then they were they were saying Schmeling should get the shot. That's fair. That's logical. Because as 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 kind of cutthroat as it was and get a mob ruled as boxing was back then, yeah. they still had this sense of sporting logic that we've lost today. Then they were saying, why does the German not get the shot? Even in America, they were saying that. Because he beat Joe Lewis. And um, as you know... Well, I think um, it had a lot to do with the Nazi party itself. I mean, even though, even though he wasn't a Nazi himself... Being that he lived there, I guess they kind of assumed that he had to have been in order to, you know, live successfully in Germany and not be yeah, a supporting but, element of them. As you know, Mike Jacobs, the, the, the legendary promoter, made a deal with Schmelin's manager, a guy called Joe Good. Um, he said, if you fight, sorry, with, with Braddock's manager, a guy called Joe Good, uh, he, he said, if you fight Lewis next and swerve, the German, then you, I will. If if you lose, I will give you ten percent of 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 my cut of Lewis's future purses yeah. for as long as he holds the title. 
That's yeah. got to be the best, the best bit of business and passive income ever done in the history of boxing. Because they didn't know Lewis would reign for twelve years and make twenty-five defenses. Um, yeah, and, they got bit, and they got a bit of money from all those fights, right? They yeah, got... but, and you know, Joe, I, I, we, me and you spoke about this on Facebook, and I and I showed you the passage from Lewis's autobiography. He yeah. wanted to clear it up. He says everybody said Braddock had a piece of me. He said he had a piece of Mike's purse, not mine. Um, but but uh, I don't know. I just find it. Knowing the nature of managers, <laughs> yeah, you managers. said you said I bet that money came off the top in the first place. Yeah, That's yeah, it, it, they were skimming off the top. That's exactly but, what they do. Listen, they do that like you would think your manager is. You know what I mean? Your your manager is getting you fights, and he gets paid for all that and everything. But like you'll go to training camp, and you think that 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 money is going to come from either one the promoter. Or to the managers setting that up, and that's coming out of the manager's percentage. No, but they're taking it off the top of your purse. But so bear in, mind, is, Jacobs, bear in mind, Jacobs was the promoter. J John Roxburgh and Julian Black were Lewis's managers, right? Okay, uh, they were. But we're, in a way, it, it's interesting that we we can have these conversations, just go anywhere we want with it. But in actual fact, we're supposed to be talking about the fights that that were reversed and the fights that where the yeah. original result played out more or less the same. Uh -huh. So that so that's one example where but 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 there was certainly it wasn't an immediate rematch where that happened. Um you look at Ali Fraser, that was a pretty different fight the second time. I always thought Ali won it handily. Yeah. I like to think that's how Ali would have won it without the inactivity that was yeah. forced upon him. It had they been fight, although it wasn't for the title. It wasn't for the title, no, because uh, you know, um Fraser Foreman. had already been bounced yeah. around like a basketball by George Foreman. Yeah. But it wasn't for the title, no. So that fight was that was interesting, wasn't it? Because the second fight, the Ali um, Fraser fight in January 1974 at the Garden, it was Ali kind of cruised it. It was still a tough fight, but he kind of cruised it and didn't yeah. really. It was nothing like the first fight or the third fight. Oh my god! Exactly, or the third fight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the interesting thing about that one. Yeah. Um, that was one of the most brutal fights over yeah. 15 rounds that I've ever... I mean, the first fight was brutal, too. I mean, no bones about it. There's no... Yeah. I don't know of very many people at all who had that kind of tolerant, pain tolerance, discomfort, and, you know, your lungs are screaming to get out your chest. If everything you're feeling... The gloves in those days, you're feeling nothing but bare knuckle hitting you flush every time you're getting hit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, eight-ounce gloves, no cushion on the knuckles... <laughs> you know what I mean? And the yeah. guy's 215, 220 pounds and hitting you, you know, over three minutes, 15 times in a row, 15 three-minute rounds. That's that's just insane. Really and i got to tell you that I, I don't like the third fight, the three in Manila. I just don't like to watch it. Yeah, I, I, you know, know. <laughs> I love Ali as much as you do, and I prefer to watch the first damn fight. That's yeah. how much I don't like the third one. Right, and he lost that one. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel much more comfortable. Yeah. And 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 in, and in a good place watching that first fight and being proud of the effort that Ali put mm -hmm. up anyway mm -hmm. than I do watching them both go to the mm -hmm. the place they had to go to mm -hmm. in um in, in Manila. It's just it's disturbing. Um. So all right, another example of a rematch where it was absolutely reinforced as a disastrous idea. Was a uh, Foreman uh, and Fraser that they, they fought again in 1976. Yes, uh, Fraser shaved his head, um, mm -hmm. and he the adjustment that's one kind of aesthetic adjustment he made. And he was trying to box, wasn't he? He was trying to not get involved with him, which is always doomed to failure. Yeah, 
You know, I, that's another fight that, I mean, I like Joe Frazier a lot. And I love George, too. I mean, all the fighters in the 70s, I, I don't know. It's almost like maybe I didn't understand personalities and characters as I do today. But the, the way I looked at him fighting in those days, I just looked at fighting differently. Maybe I... Um... It probably had more magic to you. It probably held more magic for you then as a as a youngster. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm, I'm sure it did. That that mystique and and the and the gladiator esque thing of it, like men willing to put their whole life on the line and and go at it like that. And plus, when you're young, you're hearing adults talk about it like it's the greatest thing. You know what I mean? So you you hold even high reverence for those for those opinions alone. But um, yeah, Joe came out. I think he tried to like. By going bald, you thought that would intimidate George? Um, Imagine. You're digging deep the into the barrel when, when it comes, you know, when it comes to that. Maybe he figured it would give him a couple of millimeters grace when he's trying to move his head out of the way of those broadsides, <laughs> you know, the big hooks and the big yeah. uppercuts. Perhaps yeah, he thought I could fit them. It. it was that little bit of hair that was getting me cool. I don't know. Oh, but, my uh, God. I, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, George, that was even more devastating, that performance, wasn't it? I, I, you know what? It wasn't more devastating, and he lasted a little longer um, that time. He lasted five rounds, as I recall, Fraser. But it was it was just desultory. Because remember, Foreman wasn't quite the same beast either because mm. he'd already lost. He, he had that kind of the psyche. He was damaged by the alley loss. You, yeah. said, you, you say often that once people know how to beat you that the summon has gone from a fighter who's not undefeated anymore the yeah. word is out on you to a degree even yeah. if it's only ali who can do it and i've heard yeah. plenty of respected boxing mm -hmm. judges say that they think the only guy that can beat the the, the peak version of foreman is ali you know and, and yeah. i know frank lotierzo um a pretty good analyst says that foreman should never have listened to guys like gil clancy who convinced him he needed to pace himself and he needed to get more wind, and he needed to, you know, he said he should have just been the absolute marauding um, destroyer that he was, he knowing good. that nobody besides Ali could have had the kryptonite yeah. for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was, he was um, shades of himself when he fought Jimmy Young, and I'm sure there was a lot of uh, psychologically. He, he really, I mean, because he was, he was this juggernaut from the amateurs, right? All the way yeah, well, you look at the Olympics, and he was just this force of nature. But yeah. he was compared to they—they they compared Joe George to George. By the way, you know that when he when he first came out, they they made those comparisons for the amateurs and the pros, which you know it's between, uh, between George and Listen. Did you say no between between Joe Joyce and, and George Foreman? That's oh, who no Joe George. Since the show is kind of about him, that's who he was no. compared to. You can't do that. No way. I mean. George has this ability to just let his hands go that, I mean, that alone right there tells you about a, a fighter's psyche. People who are hesitant are hesitant for a reason. They think they're not going to be successful or they think they're going to be on the receiving end of a counterpunch or they think there's something painful is going to come back at them so they don't, you know, throw the punch. But hesitation, once you hesitate, once they get you hesitating in the fight, you've lost. George Foreman had the ability to throw the trigger and punch through your punches. I didn't see that with this kid, Joe Joyce. I, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Um, George, I, I know Ali called him the mummy, and you know what I mean? He's very stiff and predictable, and here comes the right, here comes the left. And that's true for someone of Ali's vision. But 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 Joe Joyce is, is uh, like, it's almost like his fighting has no personality. 
Like yeah. his personality is not in it. He's doing what his coaches have taught him to do. Robotic. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah, robotic, but yes, exactly. He's he does what his coaches have taught him to do, and there's no creativity. There's no they're, they're not giving him any um like he can't vary, he can't go to the left and, and open up more a certain thing or to the right. He can only do what he's been programmed to do. And that's his biggest problem. Because with fighters, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to give them the weapons, load them up, load them up on a jab and how many different ways you can throw that. The right hand, the left hook, the uppercut. And learn to put them together in combination. Now start learning to put them together in combinations that you design yourself. Not yeah. I, I don't tell you five, four, three, two, and you go in and do that at five, four, three, two, because the timing changes. Yeah, it works on the pads. Perfect. It works on the pads. Everything's where it's supposed to be where when when it's supposed to be there. But in a fight, that's not true. When you throw the jab, you hit the guy. The guy's head's going to be further back than from, or maybe he gets hit and then he's going to move his head to the yeah. left. So it throws off your natural rhythm that these guys have been training you. To, oh, four, five, six, seven. And you go in there and you throw a four. He's there for four, but he's not there for five, six, seven. He's not around. And that's why, yeah. and that's why, like someone like Floyd Mayweather and Muhammad Ali and Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns and, and James Tony and, and all these other great fighters is because they're able to, like, they feel at a different level. They, they, um, they understand like the nuances of boxing and, and how, uh, like to be creative, they're creative fighters that can create. In the moment, on the spot, take your advantage and turn it into a disadvantage for you. That's what's so beautiful and great about those guys, and that's why fighters like Joe Joyce, for instance, are always going to stay there because his his coaches haven't taught him to be an independent thinker. You have to be an independent thinker in the ring because everything is immediate. If you mess up, punishment is immediate. If you do something good, yeah, that's immediate too, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got to you've got to be able to adapt, I think, and you've got to do it on feel, which is why you know, exactly. Michael. I know you like um, busting myths and cliches and stuff and putting them under the microscope. Um, everybody said boxing is like chess. I don't see how it's similar, really, because you know, chess you can sit at a table and, and take it. I don't know as long as you like to make a move. Yeah. Like well, there's no pain involved. Time. That's for sure. <laughs> Say again. There's no pain involved. <laughs> that's for sure. Nah, not ordinarily, unless it's yeah. really get with chess. Right. But, but I do think in a lot of ways, like strategically, how you use the, the, uh, the players themselves, uh, there, are very, there are quite a few similarities to boxing. For instance, your pawns are your jab. They're plentiful. There are many of them, and you use them often, right? Yeah. And, and um, so they're your jab, and your, uh, the rook is your like, straight power punch, for instance. Yeah, um, it's very direct it's and it's going one way, right? And yeah. your your bishop is more like your is more like your uppercut. Yeah, how good? Yeah, and, and they and the knights are the hooks because they there come out like this. And your <laughs> and your queen as is your power punch. Power right? punch, whatever your favorite punch. Exactly, punch. and can do anything and everything. Your king is your resiliency. Yeah, your chin. So, the king is your resiliency. As long as your king isn't caught, you're resilient, right? Like, you're, you're... We've gone from me saying I don't think it's similar because you have to make split second, second decision in the ring, <laughs> which renders the comparison completely obsolete. So I'm actually really feeling this now. This is quite fascinating. and It's amazingly similar to boxing, actually. I see that now. 
offensively, right? Uh, yes, because, it is, yeah. Because all yeah. those punches have got offensive yeah. names. Exactly. Uh, but, well, 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 defense, really, when you're in a fight, um, yeah, it's, it's very important to be able to defend yourself. And by the best defense is a great offense, they say, right? But well, when, when stuff's coming back at you, yeah, your defense is your king. It's being able to protect him. And he shouldn't be able – he shouldn't have to take any shots. You should – you never want to hear check. You never want to hear check me, right? So there's That's no it. body punches in chess, no? There's no body punches really, or is there? Right. Well, those hooks and those uppercuts can be seen as uppercuts to the body or to the head. Yeah. They, they hurt either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wandrew has been our chief kind of um, uh, fan on this particular Love show. Uh, He's asked what our views are on reintroducing same-day weigh-ins. Um, I have to say that yes. I would be in favor of it, but I don't see, I understand why they, you know. You they, said you are, you're not then. You are. I in favor of it, yeah. I understand why they, they moved them the day before from a. Why do you think they moved them? Huh? Why do you think they moved them? Because, I, well, there's two things, right? One is that fighters were oh. boiling down dangerously to make weights, and they figured, I do think it was well intentioned that they, they give them an extra day to rehydrate, et cetera, et cetera. I think there were some safety, you know, good intentions there. I think now that they've done it and people are exploiting it the way they are, people have become attached to that. I also feel from a promotional marketing point of view, it's much, it, it gives them an extra day to sell the pay-per-view for a big fight. And I, I think that's, that. but I don't think they did it in the first place with that in mind. I don't think that's why it started. Well, well the thing is, look, when they, if they use it for promotion the day before, you could do something else the day before and promote yeah. it. With your fighters, because they're in town anyway. So the way in, yeah, okay. What about just like sitting at a table and the, both of them start talking to each have, other and, and have blah, the blah, final blah. press conference? Well, the, you know what the model is now nowadays in, in Britain, certainly with matchroom shows uh, and, and Frank Warren shows. They'll usually have if the fight's on Saturday, yeah. They'll mm -hmm. usually have a public workout on the Wednesday. They'll mm -hmm. have a final press conference on the Thursday, where they're all mm -hmm. behind the table saying what they're going to say you know, up on the dates. Then they have a weigh-in on Friday and obviously they fight Saturday. So in theory, they could they could have a public workout on the Thursday or whatever. It's still on the Wednesday. Yeah. They, yeah. Could, they could have final pressure on the Friday. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there, there are many ways to promote it. I, I think um, what they they just, I think they just take, take away the... Um, the prestige and the and the the uh, I don't know they they take the the luster you know what I mean they just I don't know they just dull in the sport they they become well, the and, and, and then it, it's really it's so important that when they step into the ring that they that two fighters should be even giving a guy a day or two days to get his weight back up to yeah listen that's your fault go back into another division. You should not be afforded the right to be able to. Welterweights ain't welterweights today, and middleweights ain't middleweights, and so on. You can go right down, up and down the line. But, you know, even worse than that, never mind. The, the trouble with boxing for me and the, and the sanctioning bodies today and the powers that be, not content with making a ludicrous bastardization of the sport to begin with, they push it further. Like, instead of not content with having different, you know, four different titles, the WBL started inventing their own degrees of world championship at the mm -hmm. same way. Yeah. And also, with the weigh-in, not content with having it the same day, which some people might not approve of for the reasons that you just cited, they start having real weigh-ins at 10 in the morning and a cosmetic weigh-in at 1 o'clock when the fighters have already ate and drank and they've already 
they've already yeah. done everything they have yeah. to do, and they're not even the weight they said they were that, that they're going to yeah. read out. Well, they're trying to make it more comfortable, right? They're trying to make it more. They say they're trying to make it more comfortable for the fighter, and then use it to their own benefit as well. And I can understand that, but it's not about your comfort, fighters. It's not about your comfort. This is like this is such a simple rule. Uh, and, and a fairness that's been thought out thoroughly over decades or, or even a century. You know what I mean? It's been thought out evenly and fair. What you weigh going into the ring, in fact, really, like, it, you should weigh what you weigh. You should be able to jump on the scale an hour before the fight and what you weigh go in the ring and fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's the way it should go. It should go closer to the time when you get into the ring that That's what, what we did, did in the amateurs, right? You went to a show in the amateurs in the daytime or the evening. You've gotten the scales and you boxed an hour later or maybe an exactly. hour and a half later. Exactly. But, you know, convenience. Everybody wants to make everybody happy and all the rest of these things. I understand that. But at least you have to hold on to the day. You keep giving. Like, we just keep giving in. And, and for all of a sudden, it's not going to resemble the first thing it was meant to resemble in the first place. Yeah. And that's the same argument when you get the YouTube boxes and, oh, this will be good. You know, Logan Paul, who it was first, this will bring eyes to the sport. Does it Does it bollocks? It doesn't bring eyes to the sport. Nobody goes, you know, to see new kids on the block and then suddenly starts watching the Velvet Underground the next week. You know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, that, but that's what they said it would be. It'd be good for the sport. It'd be good for the exposure. Look at the nonsense we've got now. And you and you get it, like you say, with the, the, the weigh-ins the day before. Now they're having weigh-ins. They're having secret closed weigh-ins at, 10, you know, 10 a.m. or 9 a.m., like with Lomachenko and Haney, and then they're having a, a pretend weigh-in, you know, a kind of prosthetic weigh-in later yeah. on at lunchtime for the cameras. And, yeah. um, you know, and guys are, are, are obviously gaining 15 and 20 pounds and so on, and it becomes yeah. part of the, you know, like I say, you, when you look at guys like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns, when they fought in 1981, they, they were welterweights, they really were, mm -hmm. and they probably only gained a four or five pounds between the the lunchtime weigh-in and the first belt. And they think this is all, they, they call this advancement in boxing, and it's not advancement at all. It, it, it um, I think it distracts from, I, I think it takes away from that, uh, not even, not even, I like it, it takes away from the heart of the sport. It takes away from the difficulty of the sport. It takes away from the, um, yeah, it's dangerous. It's all those things. And and those kinds of things, you know what? If you take away its charisma, you take away its its um what word am I looking for? I'm searching through a foggy mind. Uh it just deserves to be like respected for what it is, for what it really is. Yes, it's a hurting sport. It's a sport that hurts, and the intent is to hurt from bell one. Yeah, I'm when the bell rings, the intent is to separate a man from his consciousness. That's yeah. it. And, we're, just, and, we're still getting that knee thing, by the way, lots of times in that last 60 seconds. Knee? That oh, knee, no. knee clatter was happening a lot. Okay, I'm going, to talk to, I'm going to talk to my doctor and I'll, I'll get it taken care of. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's either my knee or my third leg. I don't know what it is. Yeah, who knows? Well, that's that's another show. That's for your OnlyFans. <laughs> 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 but listen guys in any case we hope you've enjoyed this kind of kind of casually disjointed uh show that we call sugar and silk um we will i don't know about friday guys we we may we've, we've been going out twice a week now um 
It would have been good to do a show Friday. I personally can't make it. Maybe the Silk will come on on Friday. Maybe we'll get a guest. Or maybe he'll do the show on his own like he did with Jesse James Layer. We'll keep you posted. We will certainly be back here Sunday night, 9 p.m. UK or 4 p.m. EST to talk about the Joyce um, Zhang results and what happened. And, and who are you calling again, Ben? Who are you calling? Who gets it? You think that he's going to win? See, from a boxing perspective, I think Zhang should win again. I've just got a sneaky feeling for Joyce. I'm just going to leave now it there. You have to say what you – you have to bring what you brought when you started the show. You can't – you can't no, – no, no, you know no waffles. No waffles. No, no waffles. I think Zhang should win again then. I think if, if, if I had to put a lot of money on it, I'd bet on Zhang again. I've just got a sneaky feeling. Let's see what happens. This no, I, I, I think, what, I think what you're – no, Ben, what you're feeling is you're feeling my, my um, chess analogy – and so you're like, oh man, he can't be that far. He can't be that far off. I'm going to switch it to Mike. What Mike just said. Could that be it? See, Zhang is the better boxer, and as long as he's in shape, and as long as he's motivated, the same as he was last time, and, and everything's on point, he should beat him again. Yeah, I've just got a strange those, feeling that it won't go the way that it's yeah. supposed to this time. Those, those are those are the intangibles of boxing. We don't know what fighters do in their personal lives leading up to a fight, and it affects. But nobody wants to hear it. Nobody cares. It's something every single fighter deals with. And th that's as important as you doing your road. What happens in your social life, in your private life, that has everything to do with your loss, but nobody wants to hear it because that's what you train for. You know, do what, you know I mean? what I'd like to, without, while still looking to wrap the show pretty soon, what I would like to establish, and I don't fully know at this stage, is how much of a whole property Zhang is in China and how much of a kind of, commercial weight he has behind him he's coming into joyce's backyard again yeah. so yeah, he didn't yeah. have the bridge to bring the fight to no, china no, yeah he obviously doesn't have much but I, I don't know if that is but that's a big country behind you he may be really popular there i don't know do we have any yeah. chinese correspondents on the show I've, I've 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 never um i've never come across any either paraphernalia or promotions or or anything that said you know, Zhang is our new King Kong kind of thing, and our efforts to win a world title and all the rest of that. Maybe if he does, obviously, if he does beat Fury or you know, the, the government will accept open, you know, with open arms, they'll bring him into the fold, and he, he will be. He might be a bit of a hero there already. It's a, it's a big country. I know that's sure, yeah. Um, he has to. He has to be. They have to. You know, he's on the world stage. He had two. His last two. Well, the last few fights have been wins on a world stage, right? And yeah. and the fights have well, been. Well, no, because he lost, didn't he? He lost. He lost to Hergovic, but most people thought he won. I thought he won. That was on the Joshua Usyk undercard. He oh, lost yeah. to Hergovic. That's. I guess maybe that's what made him more attractive as an opponent to Joe Joyce's people. Oh, absolutely, that did. Yeah, I remember seeing that fight. Yeah. Okay. So and and then he did a number on Joyce. And we shall see if he if he repeats the trick. You know, like I say, from a boxing perspective, I I would expect that to happen. But I, I do he's have a good fight. he's a good fight for Fury. Yeah, I, I think it is a good fight for Fury. If Fury shows any interest in fighting a boxer at any point, I mean, I feel I feel Fury has, has almost outgrown boxing and and, and 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 moves in a different orbit now, where he is all about this. Do you know what though? I will say this before we go then. I heard the other day from a, from a, a source who is usually right about things. He's not just some some guy, and he said to me that Fury versus Usyk is already made. He said that both sides have already had a deposit, and it is one hundred percent happening next year. Um, and and there's not a problem with it. They're both they've already agreed to it. That's what so he told neither me. One them, neither one of them in the interim are going to be fighting anybody, basically. 
basically based on that, yeah, for, for sure. Exactly. So neither so, one of them are going to fight. So the heavyweight title is just going to be frozen for the next half, three quarters of a year? Yeah, I don't know when the prognostication for the date is, but they were saying, exactly. you know, that um, th yeah. this guy, he, he gives me information sometimes. He's connected certainly to Fury's camp and Frank Warren's kind of firm to a degree. You know, he doesn't work for Frank Warren, but he's he's close to that end of things. He's not, not his, his information is usually good. And he said, I promise you, the fight is done. Both sides have already had deposits. And it's the Saudi royal family that have put up the money and all the rest of it. So, there's oh, yeah, yeah, and that's from Scoop, you said? Not from Scoop. He's a fucking <laughs> lunatic. I, where, where did you, what did I say that sounded like Scoop? Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said you oh, were. No, what I said was, there's a Scoop for you guys. I said, there, oh, you know, like a, oh. <laughs> that had a meaning in the English language of the slang word before Scoop Malinowski hijacked the term. You do know that, right? By the way, I like Scoop. He's a good guy, and he's actually a loyal guy. When I was in a whole yeah. bunch of trouble, and everybody yeah. was saying I was, you know, the, the scum of the earth, and yeah. I'd run away to Monte Carlo with everybody's ticket money, Scoop no, actually yeah. stuck up for me. Scoop stuck up for me, so he's cool. But no, uh, but he's but he's plugged into the to the moon. Let's be honest, <laughs> you know. So what yeah. I was trying to say, I was trying to close the show, you know, in a okay. slick way because I like, to, you know, I, I like kind of slick, you know, um, cliffhangers. Yeah a lack of people bashing their knee on the table, all that kind of stuff, you know. So let me try again. There is a scoop yeah. for you um, at the end of this show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Remember, we're brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. We'll be back next week at the same time. That's 9pm UK or 4pm EST. In the meantime, we're lucky to punch in. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.